0: This is the No Switch Fitness Podcast. We want to help guide your journey into developing your best physique. With your host, Luke Miller.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the No Switch Fitness Podcast. And I am super, super excited for today's episode. Um, It is an episode of no switch fitness as a whole, taking a step forward in expanding its reach and expanding its impact um, across the fitness industry and the bodybuilding sector as a whole. Um, it's going to lead us down a path of being able to educate so many more people and and move into what we're trying to do um, as a company with elevating the standard at which we hold online coaching for physique development and in order to do this, one of the biggest things that I was thinking about is, is as much as I can handle, and I love to do this as my, on my own, um, the more people we can include in this process, the more we're going to expand what we call meta impact. And meta impact is just not only affecting the people that we touch directly, but affecting the people that they end up touching and they end up touching and and, and expanding that level of um, education and, and knowledge and, and elevating the industry as a whole um, through education. And so I have decided to bring on two people as educators and coaches under the brand for No Switch Fitness. And I am deeply, deeply honored to introduce those guys to you today. Um, so to start, we're going to introduce Olivia. So Olivia Gravengard. If none of y'all have known about Olivia, you're probably living under a rock, um, but Olivia is an IFEB figure pro. Um, she won her pro card at Junior USA's in 2020. Um, she has a bachelor's in science and nursing from Lipscomb University, the top of her homeschooling class for 12 years in a row, um, and she is a very, very driven, dedicated individual with an inquisitive personality that always wants to understand things to a deeper
2: level. So Olivia, welcome
1: to the brand, and I'm
2: excited to have you on. Thank you so much. Super excited to be a part of this. I think that there's a huge need to raise the standard for everything we do and apply some accountability in this field where there's a lot of gray area. Um, It's time to streamline things in a way that's going to allow us to not only excel as coaches, but to just to bring better athletes, better athletes mentally, physically, emotionally, and, you know, just set an example for other coaches.
1: For sure.
2: I know you guys are holding your breath
1: because you all heard I was saying I was bringing two people on. So nonetheless, I am bringing on Alan Murphy, who is a fantastic classic physique competitor, an unbelievable poser, which you all will be getting some content from him on the posing side for sure. Um, He's currently getting his master's in exercise science and nutrition from the University of Tampa. Um, So very, very research backed and evidence based when his approach to coaching um, he is a U.S. Army veteran, and he is a very, very extremely inquisitive personality. Um, he is someone who is very poignant with the way that he asks questions, always wants to understand things on a deeper level, not to just understand them, but to be able to take that information and apply it to everyone that he works with. Um, he truly embraces what having no off switch is about. Um, and I'm really, really excited to have you on, Alan, because I think you're going to be a huge value to the team. So Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, very generous intro, by the way. (laughs) Um, super excited, you know, I've been working with you for a couple of years now and, um, just an honor to be a part of this team and, uh, to be able to see the direction that you've kind of taken this company, you know, and, and trying to lead the standard for the industry, um, regarding really everything physique enhancement, you know, cutting through a bunch of, um, bunch of the bullshit bro science and a bunch of the meatheadedness and all that stuff so um it's an honor to be with you on on this journey man and i really appreciate it
1: of course and i'm really excited i think the the first portion of this episode should be taking the time to let these guys get to know you um the two of y'all um so we're going to kind of start with a couple introductory questions in order to allow them to do that um so olivia if you can kind of just kind of give me like a quick backstory into how you got into competing, like what does no switch mean to you um, and how are you approaching leaving that impact on people that um, we're going to be able to moving forward with all the content that's going to be coming from the
2: three of us. Yeah, uh, for me, I started out as a swimmer, I ended up having an overuse injury and not having a ton of opportunities to get involved with sports, I needed something, something to focus on some kind of external goal that was really tangible and I could see how my efforts directly related to my results and it gave me a sense of control. It gave me a sense of power in my life and I think that translates really well into other aspects of life, which I think is why bodybuilding is so valuable beyond the physical. Um, and with that, I think once you decide to pursue something at that level, it's pretty natural to kind of progress into a competitive state with it. Um, even if it's, you know, at first, or at least partially, just proving it to yourself. Um, there's just a lot that goes with being just able to stand up there against athletes of the same caliber. So I started competing in college. I was going to do bikini. My coach was like, you could probably do figure. I was like, great. Cause I really, that's what I want. So I might as well just do it. And I wasn't ready, but mentally I was. And I was like, this is, I'm just, getting my toes wet, like whatever. I'll just see if I even like it. I don't really want to be on a stage. And I went up there and it was the most calm and powerful I ever felt. And I was like, this there's something to this work. There's something deeper than just I want to look good in my body. And having come from a destructive background with eating, I felt like I needed some kind of external goal like that. But it needed to be somewhat constructive and and to surrender the control to someone else, but someone I trusted, which kind of led to a process of working with different coaches, you know, outgrowing coaches, but then working with ones who didn't align with my values. And I am so thankful for that. Um, I think that's pretty normal because I don't think there's a lot of, I really don't think there's a lot of great coaches out there. I don't. But I think there's bits and pieces of good in a lot of them, and it's interesting to have worked with several and to understand at least for me what works, what doesn't, what people seem to respond well to you know what people come to me and say, "A coach did this, and this impacted me either negatively or positively um, so naturally i being a nurse and having gotten into life coaching as in high school um, I kind of more naturally transitioned from the life coaching yeah. to bodybuilding because it allowed me to apply the science. It allowed me to bring in my personal passion. And I was able to continue in the life coaching aspect while also addressing like tangibles. So it was kind of gradual in that regard. And personally, I when I got on stage, I was like, great, next time it's going to mean something more than feeling this out. And I just think it's important to be undeniable when you get up there and to have full confidence in yourself and your coaches decisions throughout the process. Um, so I spent four years growing, learning, messing up a lot, trying every diet ever, but learning a lot along the way. And Last year I decided I would prep. I started prep with a coach. Wasn't great. Uh, Switched coaches and it clicked. And there was something about that of like, I can tell this person this and they believe me. And because they know that I execute excellently and I will be transparent. um, There's like such a mutual trust there. And I was like, that's the kind of coach that I'm trying to be like, that is it. And it's not common, unfortunately. Um, and that relationship took me to uh, my, I call it my first show is how I felt uh, in Arlington. And then I won overall, which was super exciting and not really something I ever expected. Um, and then I went to nationals and I was able to went overall there as well, which was also just very surreal, but it just showed me the importance of working with someone who's really aligned and um, definitely set a good example for what I want in a coach. And then started working with group Q um, with training as I kind of dig deeper into what works in different areas of my plan. So taking bits and pieces over time of what I learned personally I've learned from a variety of coaches and just intuitively and my experience with clients um, it's, it's cool because I feel like it's all been a very natural progression between my own pursuit and then wanting to provide that same experience for others.
1: For sure. And I think that one of the big things that you guys have common ground on is, is having that experience with working with people and, and, and using that experience to, to want to move into moving, into elevating the standard at which we hold online coaches. So Alan, if you can kind of jump in into like what that looked like for you, kind of how you got in, into competing. And then we're going to kind of jump into a little bit more content for the the viewers today.
0: Sure. Um, my story is a little, um, all over the place. Uh, <laughs> so I initially got into competing. Um, I'd always been, to, been into bodybuilding, um, ever since I was like a teenager, I was just always fascinated with the sport and how the athletes looked and everything, but it was never something I thought of pursuing. Um, And then actually when I was in the army, I had a close friend of mine that was like lifting weights with me, you know, on a regular basis. And we were doing like the old Arnold program and stuff. Um, And he asked me one day, he was like, Hey man, what do you think about doing a show? And I was like, Classic physique, that was, so that was 2016. So classic physique just came out and I, I never really thought of like, I never really saw myself being, big, you know, as large and as big as a bodybuilder. Not that that shit happens overnight anyway, but you know, the, the perception and like the look of, of that category never really, um, was, wasn't my thing to each their own. But when classic came out, I was like, fuck man, like, I want to do that. Um, so I was like, all right, let's do it. So he ended up switching companies and we were on different schedules. So his show was like a week or two before mine. Um, so I got to see him. He competed in bodybuilding. Um, we both used a local coach, you know, we both didn't do very well because it was our first show and, um, this was, you know, we were in the army. So matter of fact, when I was like two weeks out, um, we had to go to the field for a week so I packed a bag full of, like, canned tuna, uh, tuna packs, canned chicken, basically a bunch of random protein. And uh, the carb sources I would use would be from, like, different shit and MREs. Um, and I'm running – like, I'm two weeks out, and I'm dying. I'm running through the fucking woods and bushes and up these big-ass hills with a machine gun and, like, exhausted. Like, I had enough energy to do whatever – we had to do for the day and then I would just pretty much go to sleep for the rest of the day if I could. Um, some of the guys liked it cause I'd be out there in the field posing and they'd be helping me with my posing and shit. Like I'm in the middle of this fucking patch in the woods and you know, my platoon's helping me pose and stuff. So that was, it was an interesting experience. Definitely not ideal for a show, but, um, it's a fun story at least. So that was kind of how I got into uh, bodybuilding. And like Olivia said, um, So I did my first, so I went on leave for peak week and then I did my first show and just something about when I stepped on that stage, you know, like I got, I was obviously nervous, but when I stepped on that stage, I just felt like I was in my own realm, sort of like in my comfort zone, you know, I just, it was like everything else just kind of, um, left and I was just in my little, little trance there. Um, so it was a lot of fun since then, you know, decided the army wasn't, um, what I wanted to do for a career. So I got out after four years and, um, pursued a degree, um, that I could apply towards bodybuilding because I just loved it that much. So I got my bachelor's in exercise science from university of Tampa. Um, and I got my, I'm getting my master's right now from ut as well so i'm like halfway through um, and i've just met a lot of great people along the way you know the sports the sport has brought me a lot of great connections um actually i met luke in powerhouse and he sees i'm wearing a shirt from my first show and he's training alone i'm training alone he goes hey man i see you're wearing a competition shirt do you compete and we started talking a little bit and he's like yeah we should get a workout in sometime." I'm like sure man sounds good and uh we were both nowhere near as big as we are now but he um it took him like a fucking month at least before he finally got a workout in <laughs> um, but, but it was like once we got that first workout everything just clicked like i was it's like damn you know we it's weird we have very similar personalities and yeah. uh he showed me a bunch of shit and it was like everything we did i just i just fucking ran with it um and it was just it was a great connection you know, from that point on. So that's kind of my story up until this point. Um, I'm extremely grateful, you know, for all the opportunities that have been given along the way.
1: Yeah. And I think that one of the, one of the big things with, with us doing this and moving forward is providing value to everyone who's a part of the brand and who listens to the podcast and, and doing all of that and, we each have our own experience to provide and our own strengths and our own weaknesses. And it's going to provide a variety for people to be able to take from a larger pool of experience and knowledge and things that, you know, you could never fathom people going through, like, like having to go two weeks out, out into the field and and, and run through the woods and do all that. And like, I, like I would never do that two weeks out. Like I, and it's just something that intrigues me. And, and part of that move is going to be to expand the podcast into these different shows and episodes. And so what you guys are going to see is, is both Alan and Olivia are going to have their own episodes of the podcast. So monthly installments of um, what they believe needs to be discussed within the realm and and their view and their take on it and letting them run the show. And I'll probably hop in on a couple of those episodes and and, and join for the discussion, but Um, I want to kind of let them give a quick preview of of what that's going to look like before we hop into our topic today. So, um, Olivia, if you want to kind of present what you've been thinking about and as far as like the impact you want to leave through that, Um, and then Alan will jump into yours and kind of jump into the topic from there.
2: Yeah, so. Pause. Pause. So when I think about what I would want to present or bring to people in a podcast, um, a few concepts came to mind. And what I said along with the name is applied resistance. And the reason that I like that phrase is because there's the inclination that it's something that you're choosing to add that is challenging. It's it's an obstacle. It's something to overcome. It's something to grasp. It's something to apply that may not be inherent to your current process in a way that causes resistance that you foresee will lead to growth. So another concept that I really like is Kaizen. Um, It's a, it's used in like lean training for businesses. um, And it is a, I believe, Japanese term, but the, idea is continuous improvement. And I think that is really what this sport is about. It's not finding the perfect plan. It is assessing the situation in a thorough way where you can improve in the areas in which you have room to improve with the resources you have at hand currently. And for me, I like to look at big picture. So to me, it's like, Yes, it is about the training, but to me, that's what we address when we do our check-ins and look at training videos or in a seminar or when we do hands-on stuff. What I want from a podcast is to address those other factors that are also playing into things that may just give you an extra edge, but there's not a ton of information out there because it may not be something we always address. Like we got it. It's about training and nutrition and being hardcore and getting in the gym and being intense and yelling and whatever. But it's also like, what does sleep look like? Okay, you're on, you have a shift work schedule. How do we manage things in that regards? Because everyone has different resources. So it's like, you can't say, let's find a perfect plan. (laughs) It's like, how do we evaluate data and then address different areas in a way that we can get the most out of what you have available to you? So- I'm interested to see kind of how that develops over time because I think that the needs will present themselves as people realize that bodybuilding or pursuing anything with a level of excellence requires a big picture approach.
1: For sure. And it's one of the big reasons a lot of us get into it, right, is that self-development over the long term. Um, And so that's a a very cool topic to, to start to dive into. I'm really excited for you all to get your episodes started and alan why don't you kind of give them a little bit of a preview into what we're going to be doing with you with the podcast and then we're going to hop into our topic sure so
0: my um little segment of my podcast is something kind of near and dear to me um right it's kind of the reason like i decided to um undertake all the the schooling that i've gone through and and um the education on my own so my segment's going to be um called bro science bullshit so it's kind of cool um basically debunking proper popular uh bro science myths um whether they're you know whether they have any truth to them or not um which most of the time they don't um kind of dissecting them telling you why they may not work or why they may work or what parts of what parts like what nuanced pieces of it may be applicable um in training or in um gear usage or you know what what de- depending on the myth of course i think a common trend in the bodybuilding community is um we like to do shit that's very very hard right very a lot of us are very stubborn individuals very headstrong um and that makes us good bodybuilders but just because you're doing something really fucking hard doesn't mean you're doing it correctly necessarily um, so that kind of goes back to the, one of the, one of the big, uh, key slogans here with with the no switch brand. Um, I believe it's, uh, intensity with intention. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Luke, but, um, yeah, like, so I suck at math. Right. But if I sit here, like I can, if I, if I sit here and do fucking calculus, which is extremely hard, it doesn't mean I'm getting anything out of it. Right. So same thing with, with training, same thing with ped usage you know, um, it it applies across the board really just because, you know, you slash carbs down and go full keto and you're fucking 20 weeks out. Um, this shit's going to be hard as fuck, but that doesn't mean like you're suffering for a good cause necessarily. So, um, the nuance there of course is, is, is applying the intensity with specific intention in a very calculated way, um, in a way that makes sense and is, going to give you the best benefit um with your for like the best benefit for your progress with the least amount of side effects and it's more of it's more of um this suffering comes as a result of you know that last bit of little hard work you have to do instead of just doing it because you know you think that's what you have to do so that, that also goes along with, you know, changing the, a lot of the misconceptions within the industry. So pretty excited about this. Yeah,
1: and It's, it's going to be great content for you guys as we kind of walk y'all through like what we believe are the difference makers and our processes and, and the differences between the three of us. And it's going to be just a really cool thing to experience as the content continues to come along. And as like something that we've all experienced being athletes ourselves Um, is is how to manage athletes um, as in how we were managed from coaches in the past um, and how we manage our athletes now as coaches ourselves um, and looking to really, really bring that process of athlete management to the highest level so that we are able to get the most out of our athletes in a comprehensive manner. Um, And so, Alan, like when it comes to experiencing coaching Um, With the athletes that you've worked with and experiencing yourselves, um, what has been the most impactful things that pull the best out of your clientele or yourselves? Because one of the big things I'm I'm very big on is communication and attention to detail. I think that that is the cornerstone of any coach to client relationship. Um, And I'm really curious to kind of hear like uh, y'all's take on what has been the most impactful um, aspects of, of coaching your clients or getting coached yourself um, that has pulled the most out of you. Right. Um, so
0: definitely attention to detail. Um, and again, that, that sort of implementation of, of intention coupled with intensity. I keep saying it, but it's such a, it's a good damn phrase. Um, so what I mean by that is like, I've had clients that have come to me, um, worked with me that, you know, I've been training for a decade or 15 years or whatever. And I I put them through one session on something and they're just like, you know, when that, that light bulb clicks for them uh, and they're like, Holy fuck, man. Like, I feel like I've been training. I've had people tell me, you know, I feel like I've been training improperly my entire life. I'm like, well, no, but you know, that's just, wasn't your goal prior to this. You know, maybe you were an athlete and you were just going through movement patterns and stuff. And you weren't focusing on say like hypertrophy is now their goal or whatever for a Zeke enhancement or, you know, so it's super rewarding when you, when you show them um, something and just even, even a small little change. Right. And that, that's the attention to detail part of it. Just a subtle little thing. And then that light bulb clicks for them, And they're like, Holy fuck. Like I feel my lats like I've never felt them before in my life. Um, so to me, that's extremely rewarding. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done several shows and I've kind of experienced a, a plethora of different things. So my um, intrapersonal skills and ability to relate to people, I'd say is a, a very useful um, tool in my arsenal because I've gone through extremely short, very hard preps, you know, or I've, I've had uh, eating disorders. I've had uh, um, the psych it's more of the psychological issues associated with prep Um, and then I've also encountered physiological issues associated with prep. So I've done a shit ton of bad things (laughs) to where I can relate to people that go through these other processes and we can help, um, or I can help clear up and relate. Well, one relate, and then two resolve, resolve any issues that they may have. Um, and you know, just other than that, um other than other than training you just uh gear usage as well you know a lot of people run extremely high dosages or, or guinea pig themselves and it's just like when you break down something to them and logically and it makes sense for them and again that is just probably going back to that light bulb clicking for them where they're just like holy fuck like that makes so much sense i never thought about it like that you know like well yeah, man, it's because I fucking read about it or I studied it, you know, That's, um, so shit like that is, is super rewarding. I think it makes a huge difference um, with the no switch brand. The fact that we actually give a fuck about clients and, you know, we're not just going to guinea pig them and just say, oh, isn't this fucking take 500 megs of train.
1: Let's see what happens. You know, so it's um, it's the logical thought process of application and deployment. Um, with reason, right, and and supporting it, and and I think that that's one of the biggest things that's going to continue to separate us is not running a script and running a n equals one process of of having a reason as to everything that we do. Um, and one of the big things that I I think that would be good to touch on is as we kind of move through not only the things that are impactful for clientele, but how that translates in the progress um, from a psychological component, to a physical component. Uh, Olivia is. Like how do these things allow us to execute at a level that we may not have been before? Um, using yourself as an example or a client that you've had as an example where you've seen that large shift in elevation of either you personally as a competitor or your client as a competitor that has allowed them to take that step into being a better version of themselves.
2: I hear what you're saying. So when I think about what has been most impactful to me as an athlete, and then what I've seen translated to clients, both through their ability to then take you know what I'm presenting and use it tangibly to start progressing, if it's like a kickstart moment, or um, even just the verbal feedback that, like, hey, this resonated with me. So I feel like there's some values that I have with my approach to coaching that have become like the cornerstones for how I approach taking on clients, taking care of clients and performing as an athlete myself. So first I think operating with integrity, um, just being true to yourself and sticking true to your word and your values. So knowing these values first off, Um, next, uh, I, you know, I come from medicine, so sometimes it's hard not to pull that in. But there's the, you know, the idea of beneficence, and that you're doing what you do for the good of the person you're working with. And sometimes their good isn't what they think is their good. Um, and but that's the context and the outlook, the objectivity you're able to provide as a coach. Uh, three uh, contextual and intentional individualization, which is a mouthful, but I think it's important that when things are individualized, it's individualized uh, based on their context now, um, which changes. And so that moves to my next thing, communication. Communication to me is the best form of realignment. And it's how we say, okay, this is where we were last week. We did this based on these variables. Things have changed, even if it's one thing, even if it was a progression. Um, so now we realign and just make sure we're on the same page, everything, and move forward from there. Uh, fostering trust, I think that is somewhat a byproduct. It's a process and a byproduct of the other values that I have. Um, I think that if you're realigning with someone and keeping that open line of communication and operating out of a place of integrity, you're going to actually build that trust over time. I think it's important to look at that as a fostering process and not a, hey, I have this name behind me that carries an inherent value and there's a price tag on it, which also applies to some kind of value. And so you need to just listen to me. No, I think it's a relationship and I think you have to continue to foster that trust with the individual and that will change over time. Um, next on a more tangible level just keeping things goal oriented to provide clarity. Um, That's again, going back to realignment, these all just kind of play into each other, but being able to realign with the client and say, you know, all right, this was our original goal. Things have adapted over time. Like where are you at with goals and are you focused on them? And, you know, people can say they have a goal, but then they realize that none of their efforts are structured towards that goal. So just making sure it's a constant, All right, goal, action, goal, action, making sure they're in the same wavelength. Um, I'm sure there's more values, but I think after that point, they start to overlap a lot more. And I think for me, if I operate from that place of doing good for others, (laughs) as simple as that sounds, I think with that background information, that's really what it comes back to is just, performing with excellence and integrity and serving the good of others and that to me is the feedback that I've gotten is like when a client says like I trust you because you've been willing to tell me when I'm wrong and you've been there for me on a level that's not just not just training that's so valuable but this isn't all just about bodybuilding yeah, it's never a sport is never just about the sport so i think it's making sure that you can tap into and connect with someone's internal drivers beyond some stage goal there's always something deeper and it's i think it's really important to take that into consideration and let that be honestly the foundational driver of how you interact with clients
1: i think that's why all of us are sitting here in the first place right is because we're wanting to develop that capacity of coaches to be able to handle clients in that manner to be able to build that trust provide logical explanations and when we talk about like providing logical explanations for things that we're doing and reasons it it doesn't mean that you're never going to run into problems problems are going to arise no matter what who you're working with right it's it's how do you approach trying to solve that problem do you walk through First line, second line, third line, iterative process of, of figuring it out. Are you using actual information or are you using, uh, oh, this worked for this person, so it should work for this person too, right? And it's not that there's not an anecdotal component to coaching, right? There's a reason they call it the art of coaching, but there should be a knowledge base and an education and experience base that all coincide together to truly provide an evidence-based individual. Um, when it comes to working with people and at the end of the day, like we're physique development coaches, we're bodybuilding coaches, but you're dealing with people on a health level. Right. And at the end of the day, what we do could impact these people for the rest of their lives, um, both in a positive or a negative manner. And so there's, there should be a high level of responsibility that comes with that. Um, And we should look to own that responsibility in self-development and moving where we are now to an even better spot with each week that passes by and each month that passes by, um, not only from the experience of coaching people, but from diving deeper into understanding things at a level that we may not have before. So um, it's truly, truly something that I take personal, which may sound bad, um, but it's something that when I think about, they say you die twice, right? Guy, die the first time when you're actually dead and leave this earth. And the second time is when people stop talking about you. And for me, the kind of legacy that I want to leave and the kind of legacy that I want my brand to leave is that when I showed up and started coaching and began to have an impact on this industry, that I came into this industry and left it better than when I left it. And if I didn't do that, then what was I doing just taking from the industry, just taking for myself, just taking for the financial gain, right? We all have bills to pay. We all need to support ourselves, right? Like I'm not saying don't make your dollar. Like I'd be dumb if I didn't. But if your goal isn't to come into this place and to leave it a better place than what you found it, I, I really, really question your intentions. And this is where as a company, as a whole, it makes sense for me to bring on the likes of Alan and Olivia in order to move the amount of people that we impact up and up and up and up with the podcasts we do, the clients we work with, the seminars we put on and everything that we're able to disseminate from an information standpoint um, in in elevating the industry through education. And I, I hope that everyone that listens to this podcast gets excited because it's just another step in that direction of moving the industry and leaving it better than when I, what I found it. Um, and I'm really, really excited to, to have the two of y'all on the team working together. Um, and it's really going to create a dynamic of, of learning and expansion and education that is going to provide value to so many people. So guys, thank you so much for coming on and introducing yourselves. I'm really excited for people to get to learn more of your thoughts and your experiences and your education level um, via the podcast and social media and the things that we're able to do with seminars, um, and, and really not only afford, um, myself to leave an impact, but y'all, you guys leave an impact in, in, in bettering the industry than what we found it. Um, and hopefully better it for the people that come after us. So thank you so much for you guys coming on. If y'all want to give a quick, um, outro of where they can find you like social media and that kind of stuff. um, so that people can start to follow you guys and and kind of absorb some of the content that you guys have. Um, Please take the time to do that now um, because I'm not afraid of a little bit of a shameful plug. Um, And I'll kick it off with our seminar on August 15th. Make sure you guys check it out. We have um, a couple more days on the early bird pricing um, by the time this comes out. Um, So make sure you get that ticket before it goes back to full price. Um, It's gonna be at Destination Dallas, um, on August 15th, like I said, and it's going to have a train with the pros event. You get a $50 gas gift card for attending. Um, and I'm really excited to see you guys there. I um, mean, you'll see Alan and Olivia there as well. So stay tuned. But, guys, if you'll have, I um, want to let them know where they can find you. You'll go ahead and kick that off and then we'll wrap it up for today.
0: You can go ahead, Olivia.
2: Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Old Soul Made New. And I also have a YouTube channel, not super active currently, but I see that changing and adapting as we continue to push forward with this, um, which I assume will not be on my platform, but it will all intermingle because we all have very similar values. Um, Luke and I have done videos with GASP, so you can find some of our content there with uh, definitely applicable and um, aligned training videos. And then, yeah, there'll be more content to come as we release the podcast. I'm really excited for this platform and just having a good environment to hold each other accountable to raise that standard because that, again, is also a process of realignment and just making sure that by raising the standard, we are staying true to the values that we have presented in this initial po- this initial podcast, this initial like sign-on process of here's where, here's the legacy we foresee. And now we hold each other accountable and present it to the clients in a way that they can then hold us accountable as well to uphold those standards. So really excited to be a part of this. So grateful for you guys and your time and looking forward to all the content to come.
1: Alan, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me um, on Instagram.
0: A underscore Murph, M-U-R-P-H 43. Um, is my IG account. Um, other than that, if you see me in person, feel free to just come up and chat. I usually train at Powerhouse uh, in Tampa. Um, I go around to different gyms too, but anytime, anytime you just want to come up and chat, more than happy. Um, the only other caveat I would say was would be that like we're in a really cool time right now, where the industry is beginning to mesh heavily with with the science, with the clinical data, with the, the desire, a large desire to under, understand, excuse me, a lot of these processes um, involved with like every, everything really in physique enhancement, you know, there's like a huge hunger um, to learn and to grow. So we look to be at the forefront of that, um, you know, with, with who we are and what Luke has built as a brand um, to be able to you know teach other people to not just not just do stuff right, but but to actually interpret it, to think critically, to dissect it and apply it and teach others and build the industry as they go and as they work with us. Um, and that's kind of like the core of what Luke was talking about with with the legacy that that he foresees um, in the very near future for this brand. so Super exciting um, to be a part of something like this in, in, at this specific time where there's this huge wave and push for knowledge in the industry. So um, beyond honored to work with these two uh, awesome individuals. Um, and with that, Luke, feel free to take us home.
1: Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Really looking forward to the growth that's going to come from this and, and the content that you guys are going to experience. Until next time, stay tuned. Have no off switch.